Good morning. That sounds more like Brother Wayne, don't it? It's good to be here at Soda Baptist Church. Now let me tell you why it's good to be here. You ever heard the story of old Jacob? When he went back to Bethel, he dedicated himself to the Lord. The Lord changed his name. Well, Livingston is my Bethel. 1959, working for Brookshire Brothers, and they transferred me down here. I lived at, uh, I believe it was 320 and a half Milan Street. The reason it was a half because it was a little three-room house behind another house. <coughs> and I believe it was in June we had gone to bed and I was sound asleep. About 11 o'clock the Lord woke me up. The next thing I knew, I was at the side of that bed on my knees. And the Lord saved my soul. He saved my soul with so much grace that I felt like the Lord wanted me to preach. <laughs> Some of you older folks might remember Brother Walter Harold. Brother Walter and Miss Winnie was living here in Livingston at the time. And he was pastoring a church. And don't hold me to this, but I believe the name of it was Kickapoo Baptist Church. And he said, just come on out Wednesday night and I'll let you preach. <laughs> that was the biggest mess you ever heard of your life. The longest four or five minutes that I ever spent. And I made the decision right then. I made the decision. The Lord don't want me to preach. It wasn't the Lord's decision. It was mine. You see? <laughs> so we went to church and we moved to Huntsville. I got involved in the church over there, but it felt like it, I was supposed to be doing something. So I decided, maybe I need to teach a Sunday school class. And then we had the opportunity to move back to Lufkin, our home. We got into the home church up there, Oakwind Baptist Church. And I began to teach a Sunday school class there. But I still had that thing in here that that said I was supposed to be doing something else. So started messing with the Galileans. I got to be a Galilean leader. Even wrote a book about how to be a Galilean leader. Some of you older folks remember Philip Bryan. Old Philip was the dean of the seminary at that time. And he told me, he said, send it up here and I'll get it published. Well, I waited a year or so, and I called him, and he said they didn't have the money to publish it, and he had already lost it. 
So I don't know whether it was any good or not, but I went around and helped Galilean leaders. You know, this would fill that void that I had. Folks, listen. If God wants you to do something, there ain't nothing you can do but do what he wants you to do. Do you know that? Well, I served on some of the state committees. I was an officer for the state brotherhood one time. And we used to have a department called the Department of Church Ministries. I served on that board. Man, I was doing all this stuff. Then we built a church up there at O'Quinn, and they brought a group of guys in called the Masters Builders. I'm telling you, it's the most godly group that you ever meet. In fact, y'all had them down here. I was down here twice with them. But uh, I thought maybe that would fill this void. And I enjoyed it. They even let me do devotions when we'd go to churches that didn't have Wednesday night services. I got to do the devotion. But it was in December of 2005. Almost as plain as I'm speaking to you now. God said, Bickley, I'm going to give you one more opportunity. And if you don't take it, ain't going to mess with you no more. January of 2006, I surrendered to the ministry. But it was a hard 47 years. I even got like old Gideon. I said, Lord, if you really want this in my life, you make a camel come down the road. Or you paint the floor yellow. The day I said that, the very next day, there was a friend of mine who I went to school with, high school, she called me. She said, James, she says, my sister-in-law from Phoenix, Arizona has died and they're transporting the body back down here. We don't know a pastor. Would you preach her memorial? Now to y'all, it may not have meant nothing. But to me, it was like the Lord took a bucket and got her paint and poured it out on the floor. January the 6th, my wife and I went down and we surrendered totally to God. Now he was going to use me to fill in. Just fill in because I'm too old to pastor. Just fill in. Chad, you can probably relate to this. When you first go into the ministry, you're lucky to have five or six opportunities in a year. That year, the Lord used me 32 Sundays out of that first year. December the 10th, 2006, I went to a little old church over there at Cunard called Piney Creek. 
Stayed there a little over seven years as their pastor. So Livingston is my best. Just thought I'd tell you all that. Probably didn't do you all any good, but it sure does me so good. Turn your Bibles, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 2. The title of the message has nothing to do with the length of the sermon. The title of the message is But God. As I was pastoring over there at, uh, at Piney Creek, one morning I was in Walmart up there at Crockett. And I was in the checkout line. We have some friends. His name is Steve Jackie lives in Atlanta, Georgia, goes to Brother Charles uh, Stanley's church. But he has a little farm down in Pennington, and he comes down there, and they stay a month or so in a year. year. And I was in the line to check out at Walmart, and this booming voice busted out. Hey, Bickley, does Jesus still save souls? Everybody in that store could have heard him. And I turned around and it was old Steve standing back there. Went around over there and we hugged and we, we began to talk about salvation and people being saved. Listen to me. The people around us probably thought we were crazy. But God, Amen. but God blessed our confrontation. Not long ago, there was a deacon from uh, Piney Creek called me and says, Brother James, would you go with me over to Trinity and talk to a, a fellow about his salvation? That's like sick, saying sick him to a, a hog dog or something. Sure, I'll go with you. We went over there and we give him the plan of salvation. And we knelt in front of his old couch and we prayed with him. And when he got up, he told us that he had been saved. I don't know where he was or not. But God, but God blessed us or taking the opportunity to spread His word. But God. I'm not used to all this fangled stuff. Can you hear me now? Alright. Ephesians chapter 2. We'll read the first five verses, then we'll go back and read a couple more. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all have 
our conversation in times past and the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Here's our words. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace, you're saved. Listen to me. When you're building a wall, and you get an eighth of an inch off at the beginning. By the time you get to the end of that wall, you may be six inches off. That's the same way of reading the Scripture. When you read the Scripture, you need to make sure that you know what the main point is before you start, and that way you'll not get off. You see, there's some false teachers and false prophets out here that will lead us a little bit this way or a little bit this way, and by the time we get to the end, we're off a whole lot. So the main point of this scripture right here is while we were yet sinners, Jesus paid the price for our sins and gave us an avenue of salvation. See, many times we begin to think, hey, I'm not real bad. I'm a friend of God's. I may not be saved, but I'm a friend of God. Let me tell you something. If you're not saved, not only are you not a friend of God's, but you're his enemy. You're an enemy of God. It says right here that we are children of disobedience if we're not saved, and we're children of Satan. But the exciting word is in verse number four. But... God. But God. See, God became involved in the, in a person's life. The first three verses reveal how we were uh, dead in our sins and in our trespasses, but God, through His love, showed His mercy and made us together with Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, in the Old Testament, well, in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, there's several examples of, 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 of this word, but God. You remember, you remember the story of, of Joseph and his brothers? In verse 9 of Acts 7, it says, And the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him. You see, these two words made all the difference in Joseph's life. Joseph's old brothers were envious of him. And they were jealous when he told them the dream about their sheaves bearing by and down to his. And then the daddy made him a different colored coat. And that made them jealous. So they sold that rascal. Sold him into Egypt. We know the story. He became the second 
in command in Egypt. The famine came. Jacob sent the sons into Egypt to buy grain or food. And they didn't recognize Joseph. Wonder why. Well, number one, he was older. Number two, he was a dignitary. And you couldn't get close to him. Number three, I understand the custom of the Egyptians was to shave all the hair and put on makeup. I'm glad that custom has changed. <laughs> Can y'all see Brother Hamrick in makeup? <laughs> now after he'd given them food and after they'd come into Egypt and after they had settled, Jacob died. And them old boys got scared. They said, Daddy's dead now, and he's going to get his revenge. We better go to him and ask for mercy and forgiveness. They did. Here's what it says in Genesis 50, 19 and 20. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you thought evil against me. Here's our words. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. See, envy, envy uh, was, was, was a bad thing with those, with those books. But now we Christians, we're not envious, are we? Don't you count on us. Preachers are probably the most envious people in the world. This preacher will be envious of that other preacher because he's got a bigger congregation. This preacher will be envious of that other preacher over there because he's a better speaker. This preacher will be envious of that other preacher over there because he's got a better congregation. People that drive Chevrolets are envious of people that drive Fords. You fat people out there are envious of us skinny folks. You see, envy is not a good thing. Another, uh, another example of envy is old King Saul. You remember the story? David killed Goliath. And after David killed Goliath, he became a hero. Even Saul liked him. But then the women began to sing a song. Saul killed his thousands, but David's killed his ten thousands. Made old Saul matter and spit, and he got envious, and he wanted to kill David. And he began to chase him. He began to chase him, and in 1 Samuel 23, 14, it says, And David abode in the wilderness in strongholds and remained in a mountain in the wilderness of Zyre. And Saul sought him every day, but God delivered him not into his hands. But God. But God. Y'all say it with me. But God 
Mighty, mighty words. God can change hearts. God can change determinations. The story of 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 of, of got swallowed with a wave. Jonah. The story of Jonah is a good example of that. God says, Jonah, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go down to Nineveh and I want you to talk to those folks because their evil ways has come before me. Jonah looks around and says, I ain't going down there. I don't like them people. I'll just go to Tarsus. That's another way. He goes down there and he jumps on a ship and's going to Joppa. They get out there and a storm comes up and a revival happens and they throw him overboard the fish waters him. After the fish puts him back out on shore, here's what he said in uh, verse 2 of chapter 2. He said, I cried by reason of mine affection unto the Lord and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. See, he had been determined not to go, but he went on the second command. And he got down there. And that's a pretty good sized city because he said it took them three days to get through that thing. Walking. And I can imagine, <laughs> oh, oh, Jonah. Walking down that street. Turn and burn. Turn and burn. That's what he was preaching. And those people did. And it made old Jonah plumb angry. And he sits out here at the end of the city and he builds him a booth. And he puts his, puts his booth up and he sits down and he's watching what's going on in the city. And a gourd rode up behind that booth and shaded him. And it said that old Jonah was proud of that gold. But listen to what, listen what it says. But God prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day and it smoked the gold that it withered. So you see, God can even use worms to determine what's going on in our life. I want you to go and read that uh, chapter 4, and you'll see that Jonah finally saw what God meant by sending him there. Then in uh, Luke chapter 12, we read about a rich man. And he says, this will I do. I will pull down my barns, build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. Verse 19. And I will say to my Lord, Soul, uh, to, to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. Verse number 20. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall these things be which thou hast provided? See, we're completely dependent 
Our very existence is dependent upon God. The Bible says Jesus died, but God raised him from the dead. See this, but God, it's a transition word. Something happens over here. But God, and something happens over here. I was lost, but God saved my soul. Amen. You see? But God. It's the gospel in a nutshell. Let's read verses uh, 6 and 7. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show his exceeding riches of his grace in his kingdom toward us in Jesus Christ. You see, he has given us the avenue of salvation. And if you're here this morning, if you're not saved, you need to take it. You may be here this morning, you may have a crisis in your life. Your marriage may be falling apart. Your bills may be piling up. The doctor might have told you a bad report. But God, but God can help you through those things. He sure can. He's here this morning. He's here. The Holy Spirit here. Uh, now y'all listen. I've got another son that's a pastor too. He pastors a Pollock Baptist Church. I've got a grandson who is a youth director. And Wayne. And when we get around the house, that's all we talk about. We talk about preaching. We talk about sermons. We talk about illustrations. So if I happen to use an illustration that he has used, it's not necessarily his illustration. You understand? But I'm going to give you an illustration of the Holy Spirit being here. Did y'all know that there's 372 million cell phones in the United States? And as of January the 1st, 2015, there were 321 million people in the United States. So that means that there's more cell phones than there are people. There's 6.3 billion cell phones in the world. There's 7.2 billion people. So almost everybody in the world has got a cell phone. Now, I don't know how those things work. You take it and you punch in some numbers. And I understand that there's some kind of wave that goes out and hits a tower. And then, Chad, it goes up and hits a satellite. And then it goes down and hits a tower. And it goes to the phone that you're calling. I don't know how it works. But I know that it does because I've seen the results of it. Now, if we could see all those waves 
from 6.3 billion cell phones, if they were visible, we probably couldn't see the sun. Y'all know that? That's the way the spirit world works, though. We can't see it, but we can see the results of it. The Holy Spirit can heal marriages. The Holy Spirit can make alcoholics quit drinking. The Holy Spirit can save a sinner from hell. Now you keep in mind, I think the Bible teaches us that every one of us has an angel that guards us daily. So if that's true, there's as many angels in this service this morning as they are people. Maybe even more. You can't see them, but they're here. I want you to know something. If something happens in this service that needs the praise of God, those angels will join us in praising Him. That's what we're here for. We're here to honor, to praise, and to worship God. So I'm asking you this morning, do you know him? Do you know him? If you don't know him, you need to come during this invitation song. If you have something that you need to uh, uh, ask God to help you with, you need to come to this altar up here and, and talk to him about it. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask Chad, if you will, to come and stand up here. And, uh, and have a, we'll have an invitation song. And I want you to stand, if you will. What number are we going to sing, brother? Number 244. Number 244. Father God, I want to thank you this morning. I want to thank you for just giving me an opportunity to come and to talk about you. I praise, Lord, that you will have said something or done something through this message. That might cause a heart to be changed. Father God, I pray that if there's somebody here this morning that needs to uh, make a move, that you'll give them the courage to step out and to show people that they mean business. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
say once again, thank you, Brother James, for bringing the message this morning. Uh, don't forget to come join us tonight. Uh, we're having our World's Religions course tonight at 5 p.m. back in the youth room. Uh, tonight we're going to be looking over Hinduism, Buddhism, and Sikhism. Uh, some of you may not even heard of those isms before, but you come learn about them tonight and uh, how we relate back and forth to them as we live in a culture that's ever more diverse. We want to learn how to relate the gospel to, uh, to these, these fellow neighbors. Also, if you didn't check out the back, if you, uh, if you would like to start giving your tithe through online giving, go to sodabaptist.org. You can click on there. You can donate uh, your, your tithe. You can set up for recurring payments. You can do everything you need to do with your payments right there online. Uh, I know Emily and I, we don't even have a checkbook, so it's just so much easier for us to go online and give our tithes. So that's an option for you if you'd like to use that. Uh, also, I want to talk to you about the uh, pie and cake auction that will be February 28th. Now, from what I hear, this is a pretty, pretty good auction. Uh, how many of you have participated in the years past? Okay. All right. So all those hands, I'm looking forward to seeing all your pies. And your cakes there, I heard some. Of the, most of you are really good cooks, really good bakers, and so I'm looking forward to that. All the proceeds are going to go to benefit our youth and their summer camp this summer. Uh, uh, some of it will also be used for the summer, or excuse me, the spring missions project. So if you don't mind coming February 28th, that's after the evening service. So be a part of that. Also, uh, uh, Heather, are you in here? Heather. Heather's got an announcement about our pictures and uh, church directory. If you've all noticed in your bulletin that insert, all it is is we're updating the church directory. The Life Touch company is going to come in, take everyone's portrait for free. Every member gets a free 8x10 plus a free church directory with everyone's photograph that participates. If you're not going to be available those dates and you still want to submit a family photo for our church directory, you're welcome to do so. Of any picture that your family has had done anywhere or just on your own camera, also, um, there was something I was going to mention. Anyways, the dates are posted all over the church. You've seen it, March 21st through the 24th from 2 p.m. to 9 p.m. That table out back, every Sunday right after church will be the sign-up table so you can pick a time slot for you and your family to come and have your portrait done. If you have any questions, just find me, and I'll get them answered for you. Can you tell us about the food? I didn't see some food back Yes, at the table when you put your time down, I'm going to hand you a sack. And if you bring uh, peanut butter or jelly in that white sack, you'll get $5 off if you choose to buy extra portraits. Everyone gets the free 8 by 10 Even if you're not a member of our church, you have the opportunity to invite your neighbors, and they can come and get a family portrait for free as well. Um, it's just an, it's a ministry opportunity to draw people in, get them a chance to have that picture. If They, they can also bring food and get $5 off. If they want to buy extra prints, that's how the company makes money. But regardless of them making money, they do the free directories for churches all over. So, all right. So, uh, like she said, it's free. Uh, I looked at. I think we did a church directory. Was it Heather two years ago, two or three years ago? It's been a while. So it's been a while. We've got a lot of new faces here, and it's a great. It's a great opportunity for you to be part of the something that's going on here at the church, and it really does help us as pastors. Uh, if your picture's in there. So when I came on board here, it would have been really nice if I could have went down and learned everybody's name by looking at their picture. So it would re be really helpful if you guys could put your picture in there. Uh, youth, uh, even if you're the only one that comes and your, your family doesn't come as a whole, and 
invite them. We'd love for their pictures to be there, but you're more than welcome to just be in it by yourself as well. Um, any other announcements we have before we dismiss? Yes, sir. <laughs> well, we're just going to count it. That it's a blessing today that we're getting out early. And, uh, and uh, to come back tonight, and we're going to be looking at, I'll be leading the message tonight. We'll be looking at, since it's Valentine's Day, happy Valentine to everyone. Uh, we'll be looking at love and, and how God's love relates to us. So we'd love to have you come tonight and be a part of that. Uh, any other announcements? All right. Uh, let's see. Brother Kevin. Harbutt, can you dismiss us? Is he here? Actually, yeah, there he is back there. Can you dismiss us in prayer?